Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the FPL Context Podcast with me, Steve. And me, Greg. Now, what a two weeks it's been, or nearly two weeks. And uh, the best line I could sum it up with is that line which we put out on our Twitter on one of the, our favourite comedies is Will from The Inbetweeners saying, well, that was fucking dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I've come back from a, a week off and looked at my team and I've got more flags on my team than the Olympics, like the, the opening Olympic ceremony. It's <laughs> all over the place. Um, there's some red flags. There's a lot of yellow flags. There's not many green flags left on there. But um, how's your team looking, Greg? Well, I'm, I'm thinking of putting up the white flag after this game week. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Well, my team's actually saying that it's not the worst right now. Salah and Chilwell are my main issues, to be honest, in terms of the flags, both of them looking a bit dodgy. Uh, Salah especially, it looks like almost definitely not going to play. Um, yeah. so, uh, that is one problem I really don't know how to solve, to be honest. Yeah, the Salah one's a real surprise, really. Yeah, like When I saw that video on social media with him dancing at his brother's wedding with 100 people around him, I just thought to myself, he's going to be all right. He won't <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I really just don't get how he caught it. I just can't understand that one's happening. It's one of those big surprises. You just think 100 people in a small room all dancing, all close proximity, and obviously COVID's rife in Egypt. I'm just, I'm actually gobsmacked he's got it. Just yeah, me, me too. That is that is a real head turner, that one. Mm, it's conspiracy. It's a real conspiracy. <laughs> uh, and... Good news for you on the Chilwell side is he's actually back in training for England today. So it looks like it was just a back spasm. So any Chilwell owners, I wouldn't worry too much at the moment. But he's still got a couple of days and there's one more England game. And you either get injured in that or he'll just he'll get COVID on the Thursday. So I think our advice really is wait till Thursday to hear that either good or bad news in these press conferences do not make any transfers. A hundred percent agree. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to leave it to as late as possible and then make the transfers then because I actually couldn't handle more uh, red flags or yellow flags right now. So I think for everyone, it's just a wait and see job. Yeah, so I think we're going to spend the first part of this podcast, guys, just talking about what a fucking stupid idea this international break was. Um, So... It's come out today that there are 16 positive COVID tests from the last Premier League round of testing. And that's for players who are not on international break. So you've got to imagine the ones who have been travelling more are going to be absolutely rife with it. So I don't know what bloke sat down and thought winter would probably be when the worst of the pandemic is. So why don't we just, I don't know make them travel three times within a week and a half and get them all in a, uh, get them in a nice room together. Yeah, that's going to be all right. It's a fucking stupid idea. Yeah, I just, I really, really don't get it. So I don't get how they've sat down for, okay, so COVID's a problem at the moment. Uh, international break is due. Uh, that would mean everyone would have to travel, more risk of COVID. So what should we do about it? Let's make it three games instead of two. It's just, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I can't get my head around having the international friendly in the middle. Like, here's a quick news flash for FIFA. No one gives a shit about those international friendlies. Like, 
Honestly, if it was the the choice between watching that international friendly or doing literally anything else, I'd do I'd do anything else. I'd literally go down and just watch people watch people walking along our local river and do that crap because it's just it's it's basically let's watch England's C team play Ireland's B team. Like, what is the point? I just surely they know by now. No one cares, like surely, because I swear, like it's it's a well known public fact that no one cares about international football in these international friendlies, these nation league games. I mean, who really gives a crap about the nations league? It's just so it's like the nations leagues, like the international equivalent of the Carabao Cup in it. Yeah, like, it's just like oh, you won the nations league. Like no one's no one looks back and goes oh oh, Pele he won. I think it was five World Cups or whatever he won. And they go, yeah, but Cristiano Ronaldo did win that Nations League, didn't he? Like, no one gives a shit about the Nations League. So, yeah, it was a good idea at the time. But during COVID, it's just a no-no. And the fact that there's not an international break from March is just, it fills me with so much joy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that it's over for a long time because I just can't be bothered. Firstly... I, it's a lock. It's a lockdown. I'm not doing much. I would absolutely love it to be able to watch some Premier League football, but it's not been on for two weeks because of this international break. And then just everything surrounding it, just in terms of COVID, it just puts everyone at more risk. Puts the Premier League at more risk of being cancelled. Uh, yeah, injuries doesn't make, doesn't make sense. How um, in a lo- national lockdown, a global pandemic, the best thing they've done. The thing they've done is make international players travel across the world. It just makes absolutely no sense. And I've seen even like, even in some situations, they're making exceptions from the national rules to allow the players to travel around these countries. And it's like, why are you making that exception? No one cares. Everyone would be perfectly happy with just staying in that country. Yeah, I don't think anyone who's like in hospital at the moment, who's been suffering with COVID, and then they hear that, oh, well, on... On the positive side, Iceland can play the Faroe Islands now and you'll be able to watch it. Like, no one gives a shit about it. So, like, that just needs to end. I don't want to see another international friendly till the Euros. I don't I want, I don't want to see England play again until the Euros. Um, and then another thing is, it's not just that. It's the injuries, like all the close, the games just being so squished in together. It's just like, did no one think, why don't we just get rid of this couple of these games instead of thinking what we need to do is get as many games as possible into a, such a short space of time. And it's just really, well, we've lost we've lost some great players, haven't we? We've lost Van Dyke through injury. Okay, that was a bit of a freak. But you've also, Joe Gomez has got, a, obviously, long-term injury. Um, then you're just having players drop like flies at the moment, uh, especially for Liverpool. Um Obviously, Jurgen Klopp's going to be tearing his hair out. What's going on there? But it's just crazy. And what's so annoying about it is, is does anyone ever think about what about the FPL managers? Like, it's yeah. always, ah, oh, what about the children? Or what about what about this minority? Or about this minority? What about the FPL managers? Right, there's seven point four million of us. Like, it's not. When's someone going to make a stand for these FPL managers? Because I'm sick of it, right? I've, <laughs> lost, I've got I've got to make four or five fucking transfers this week. 
because <laughs> no one thought about me. Why is no one thinking about me? Because I don't want to be spending... Is anyone thinking about me spending 12 points this week to get a team out? I don't want to be playing a free hit. But no, let's get the fucking friendlies going. And it's so annoying because I've put a lot of time into that. And 7.4 million of us put a lot of time into those teams. We've got our own Twitter accounts. We're posting about them. But just so we can watch England B team play Ireland C team, I'm losing players. So I'm disgusted with it, really. And I want someone to make a stand for the FPL community. Yeah, um, I think you've just highlighted some of the major problems in society right now, to be honest. Yeah. Why is no one standing up for us? <laughs> There's 7.4 million of us. There ain't 10 of us. We should band together. Start, start a campaign. I want a revolution against FIFA. I want every FPL manager who listens to this to gang up on FIFA and message them every time and say international friendlies and international fixtures during a pandemic is fucking stupid. <laughs> if, you, if you've got more than two flags in your team, I suggest that you tweet FIFA now or UEFA and message them and say the Nations League and then just do a shit emoji next to it. <laughs> because that is the only way we're going to get through to them. Like the pay-per-view thing, they realise... Like I saw some people saying, oh, it was good of the Premier League to turn around the pay-per-view thing. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't good. It, they basically, they tried to exploit us and they realised that we weren't having it. And now they're trying to sell it as, oh, it was a good idea to, to change it back. It was just a terrible, terrible idea in the end. And they've just fell on their ass with, I think they had one game, two people watching it. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's just frustrating and now I look at my team and it looks like well, it looks like one of my theory books with fucking amber, red and yellow all over the gaff. So, uh, yeah, so it's just frustrating. Oh, it, it doesn't matter too much to you, mate. Your team's useless anyway. <laughs> I got 92 points before the international break. I'll probably get the, uh, the turnaround of that 29 points. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy with 29 points, I think. You might make it to 100 within the two game weeks. Get get the eight points this week. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> if I can get eight players on the pitch, that'd be good. <laughs> um, so, fair play to people who have held their wild card this long because it would be a good tool to play right now. Um, I think one of the things what I've seen bandled around is the free hit. Now... Usually we play the free hit for double game weeks, don't we? And that's what most FPL managers do. But when you've got a situation like this, and if you've been a bit unlucky and you've got, say, more than four flags and you don't have the wild card, then the free hit could be a good tool um, because there are some favourable fixtures that you can target. So, for example, Man United have got West Brom at home and Everton have got Fulham. Now, both of those sides have... United obviously came off a win against Everton. Everton is struggling a little bit, but it is Fulham. So, there are a couple players there you could target for that free hit to make it worth your while. Um, so, if your team is decimated by red or, or amber flags, then the free hit... I wouldn't feel guilty about playing it 
because it's there for a reason. It's there for either a contingency plan or it's there to try and optimize performance over a double game week. But in this in this sense, there are some fixtures what you can target. So I don't know what you think, Greg. Do you think if you're really struggling to get a team out, then a free hit could be a good way to go? I think I think for me personally, your team needs to meet tr- two criteria to be able to warrant doing a free hit this game week. I think firstly, you need quite a few red or yellow flags. And secondly, you need those red or yellow flags to be players that will come back the week after. Because if you're going to be in the same situation the week after anyway, there's not really much point. So I think um, if that is the case and you've got a few um, like positive COVID players or people with minor injuries, then I would actually say a free hit's a great shout. But I think if they're longer term, then maybe avoid. Because I think, uh, well, for me personally, I'm waiting to save my free hit for one of the game weeks where there's only like um, five fixtures. And then there's a lot of teams that aren't playing. So that is when I'd be looking for mine. So for me, it'd be out of the question because I don't have enough flags. But I think if your team meets those two criteria, then free hit is a great shout. Yeah, no, I, I I do agree with that. And I think there's some good cases of what you talked about, the one week things there. So you'd maybe expect Salah to be back the week after. Mm. Um, if Chilwell, he looks like he's going to be okay, but if... If Lampard doesn't want to risk him, then he will obviously be back the week after. Robertson looks like he's got a little bit of a strain to the hamstring. If that's just that could be a weak job, um, gets rested for the game. Obviously, it'd be difficult. I it'd have to be quite severe for Klopp not to play him because they're decimated by injuries. Yeah. But yeah, if you've got a couple of flags, like I said, and you think they're gonna come back. But there are some options that you can I wouldn't think, oh God, like you're being submitted to play in the free hit because there are some options there. So, for example, uh, if you look at the Fulham game uh, specifically, so if you look at the stats for conceded goals by Fulham, they've conceded the most headers. uh, They've conceded the most shots from headers this season so far, 17. And Calvert-Lewin ranks third in the list of players with the highest header attempts. And obviously, um, Everton are quite a set-piece threat too. So I'll go into my differential. But if you've got, say, a Dinier with good delivery, or you've got a Michael Keane, who's been scoring goals from corners, Yuri Mina, or you've also got, obviously, Calvert-Lewin there, then there is some potential for them to have some really good success from set-pieces in that game. So... And also, clean sheet, you'd expect Everton to probably keep a clean sheet against Fulham. Obviously, the way they started. I know it's difficult with old Pickford octopus arms in goal. But um, but it's, I, I think there's some opportunity there to take advantage of that game. Uh, another one is Man United versus West Brom. And if you're trying to take advantage there, then Tellez, if United will play, he's come back negative on a recent COVID test. So he will play as long as he comes back, not injured from the last game because of Shaw's injury. He looked fantastic in Paris, got a great delivery. So he could be someone you'd want to have a, a one week punt on. Obviously Bruno, if you haven't got Bruno already, then he could be a good captain for you. And then another United player, um, 
you'd expect I, I'd expect them to play McTominay and Fred sitting. So I think there'd be a fairly good chance of them keeping a clean sheet. So then you could even look to the likes of Wambasaka or one of the centre backs. But there is a potential there to take advantage of those two games. So I wouldn't be too fearful of playing a free hit. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think those two fixtures are favourable. Um, I'd be interested to see what happens in the United-West Brom game. I just feel like, as a United fan, I'm always anxious about these types of games. I always feel like it's one of those games that's going to win 1-0 to West Brom. So, um, yeah. I don't know. But if you're using statistics, the statistics are on your side. Like You should think United players would be the way to go this game week. Well, Man United have been very poor at home even going to the last season. I think they drew the last two at home, I think. So that would be... So they've drew, they drew two at home. So they've drawn once against uh, Chelsea this year. So that's three draws and four losses in the last seven games at Old Trafford. So it's obviously not a good record for that game if you're worried about captain the United player. Also, Bruno's record away from home is unbelievable compared to his home form. Um, so, Captain and Bruno, yes, it, it looks a fantastic option, but his away form is is completely on another level. Like, I think he's averaging nearly 11 points a game away from home, which is mental since uh, joining in January. What was that stat you told me, Greg, about Bruno um, since he joined United? About Was it that he has not blanked in a single away game since joining the club? Yeah, so since joining the club... Um last season he has never blanked away from home yeah so that's where I think if you're struggling to find a way to get a Man City player in which I am at the moment then Bruno over City's next two fixtures at home against Burnley and Fulham they're a great fixture to target but Bruno is playing away against Southampton and he is playing against away against West Ham and the fixtures do look difficult on paper, but Bruno's away form. He never blanked away from home. So if you don't if you don't want to get a De Bruyne or you want to get a Sterling, then captaining Bruno away from home is proven to be a really successful way of doing things. So I'm looking at maybe not getting a city midfielder in and targeting their defence and captaining Bruno over those two games, just because the data suggests to me that he's an absolute like phenomenon away from home. Yeah. Um, so City, with their upcoming thing, fixtures, they look perfect on paper. But there are ways around it, guys. Like You can tell there's defence, because there's some great options in midfield. So at the moment, my midfield is Bruno, Ziyech, Salah and Grealish. Now, there's just no one in there I want to downgrade. The only thing what I might do is I might go Kane down. But even Kane down, that is still doesn't give me the money to get one of either KDB or Sterling. So I'm looking at it, just thinking, have I been that impressed by City so far? And the answer is no. Yeah. So I'm either looking at bringing Jesus in or uh, and monitoring the Aguero situation in, or I'm going to bring in their defence and they're bringing their defenders and get rid of Robertson and maybe go a double up of Cancelo and Diaz, something like that. Because I'm happy with, I'm happy now to captain Fernandez every time he plays away from home if a Salah hasn't got an easy game at home. 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, statistically, they just don't lie with Bruno away from home. He's so consistently scoring points up to this point and not just uh, an assist. He's averaging a high amount of points per game away from home. So he seems like a bit of a banker when it comes to away from home fixtures. Yeah, so if you look at this season, he got... 12 points away at Brighton, 11 points away at Newcastle, and 17 points away at Everton. So these aren't small, like, hauls of getting five points with the assist. These are, like, double-digit hauls every time. So away from home, you can trust him. So I would would definitely, if you don't want to go to City, guys, then Bruno away from home over those two really favourable fixtures for City could be a good way to go. You don't have to follow the crowd of everyone bringing a City player in. There are different ways of doing it. And Bruno away captaincy could be a good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so we've got for our rants about the international break. I'm still reeling, to be honest, because my team's a mess. But uh, just quickly reviewing our last game week. So I finished with 92 points. I had a great week. I had, so I got I had Chilwell on eight points. Martinez got me a clean sheet at six. They were absolutely fantastic away at Arsenal. Fernandez was 17 away at uh, Everton. Ziyech, 11. I've seen Ziyech had a couple of price rises. He looked brilliant, didn't he? And he was unlucky with Werner. The lob over didn't go in. Uh, Salah got me nine points. Sushek finally delivered a goal for me. Nine points. Calvert-Lewin, five points. Bamford, seven points. And Kane, 18 points. So I had a fantastic week to be honest. and uh, But I only beat you by a point. So your team done pretty t- well too, mate. Yeah, I had a great week as well. Um, no blanks in the defence. I had Martinez, Lamptey, Chilwell and Taylor all getting points for me. Nice. Uh, the Brighton Burnley nil-nil was an absolute uh, blessing. Got me two clean sheets from that. And then, yeah, I got Bruno as well. So big haul there. Salah, decent... Um, Good, good amount of points. Son with the blank, uh, a bit frustrating. Foda not playing at all, very frustrating. He's um, definitely on my list of players to get out. Um, yeah. Then Bamford, seven-pointer. Kane as my captain, got nine points, so I'm happy with that. And Calvert-Lewin with five points. So all round, very, very decent week. Yeah. Yeah, no, we had really, really good weeks and it's just a shame that it's been followed by a dampener of these this international break. Um Another player just quickly to talk about because their fixtures are absolutely fantastic coming up is um, Jack Grealish. Now, Jack Grealish, his fixtures, he's got Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, and then he's also got Wolvesway, but then you've got Burnley at home and West Brom. So he's got some great fixtures coming up. Hopefully Southgate doesn't keep... like Southgate's funny. He goes, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to play him. Mount's brilliant. He's not going to play him. And then he thinks... Oh, I do actually rate Grealish. I'm not going to just play him once or twice. I'm going to play him every fucking game. Now, me as a manager, I'm sitting there thinking, God's sake, give the guy a rest. Do you know what I mean? Because he's one of my best assets. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping Grealish doesn't play tomorrow, to be honest. But even Grealish, a captaincy option at home against Brighton is a good shout. And uh, with those fixtures, I can imagine that his price is just going to keep rising, Greg. Yeah, so I've actually got a bit of an FPL headache right now. So Foden is on my radar to get out and I'm really stuck between Grealish or Ziyech to bring in. Um, 
I have started swaying towards Grealish though. I watched him for England the other night, and he was ju- he just looked like the best player on the pitch. He just looked so good, um, and we know he's been smashing it for Villa. And yeah, I'll probably watch the England game tomorrow um, or like Wednesday. Uh, but it's just in one way I want him to play so I can watch him because the rest of the team's flipping boring. But at the same time, like I want him to stay fit. So yeah. it's a bit of a dilemma there. Um, but, I think it's so. Yeah, that is a tough one, Grealish and ZX. ZX look brilliant since so he's come back. But I think the fixtures are so good for Grealish. Um, for so yet he doesn't play a team with an uh, like an FDR rating above. Um, so a four FDR rating till December the twenty eighth. So he's got one, two, three, four. So he's got four FDR ratings of two in his next six games. So really favourable fixtures for him. And he's such a talisman for that team. He's a fantastic option. So I'd be really tempted to bring him in, to be honest, Greg. Yeah, I, I have swayed towards him. To be honest, I really didn't know, but I've just watched him and I thought he's so good. And to be honest, I just really, really like him as a player, which I think is definitely swayed my decision. I think it's just someone I want in my team, you know? Yeah. So, um. I'm I'm almost definitely going to bring him in. Yeah, I think um, I think Ziek versus Grealish is a tough one, but I just think Grealish just gets it at the moment. I've got both, thankfully. <laughs> I think I'm going to hold off on Ziek just for now because I do want Grealish badly, um, and maybe in future weeks I'm going to downgrade Son to um, Ziek in terms of price. Anyway, not like necessarily player downgrade, but. Uh, Sonta Ziek and um, because then I only have one Tottenham player and I think that's best considering their fixture run yeah I'm tempted to get rid of Kane um, and go no Spurs um, I'm really te- I'm really tempted to- I, I want to have a little look at the Jesus scene if hey if Aguero is out for a little bit I'm not sure what the situation is I'm looking to hear from uh, Pep but I am tempted by Jesus um, for a couple of fixtures just yeah. because Tottenham's run is like it's not just like kind of bad it's awful it's City it's Chelsea away Arsenal Palace away Liverpool away so, yeah They're but are those teams as good as what the FDR ratings are saying see you look at that team you look at that again City they've not been tearing any trees up Chelsea, Chelsea is starting to look good, but they're still, I still think they're susceptible against a really good attack. Arsenal looked awful against Villa. Palace, they got walloped by Chelsea when they played them away, at home, sorry. Liverpool got defensive problems. Leicester have got defensive problems. So that it's not, sometimes the FDR ratings doesn't show the full context of those teams. 100% 100% agree. I think um, no team is really that solid at the moment. So I think any 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 fixture uh, a player could do well in. And I think I'm not really that fast about getting rid of Kane just now just because I think he's playing so well at the moment. I think um, he's going to get points no matter what, in my opinion. Yeah. And the honest answer, guys, is it's actually quite difficult to give tips at the moment or give you insights into what we think because... Obviously, the COVID cases have increased massively on the last 
Premier League round of testing. A lot of players are in the international break. So we don't really know who's going to come back fit and who does who's who is going to uh, who's going to come back fit and who's not going to come back fit until the press conferences on Thursday, maybe even Friday. And then a player can get covid overnight. So it's just trying to have that contingency and I would talk now we're coming into the winter. I would definitely say that you want a stronger bench than you've had before. Yeah. Um definitely. you'll need it at a time so I think that's really important. Yeah. So quickly, let's have a look at if they're fit. Well, let's put that disclaimer in. Who do we captain this weekend? So the three standout games to me are you've got Chelsea away at Newcastle, Man United at home to West Brom, and you've got Everton away at Fulham. And also, I want to put Grealish in the mix. So, Grealish away at Brighton. Werner's starting to pick up some form. What do you think about Werner away at Newcastle? Yeah, he's starting to look a bit more dangerous, I think. Definitely getting more chances now. I think uh, what I've seen... Three goals for Germany midweek. Yeah, um, definitely doing well for Germany, especially. Um, I think with Chelsea, he's still playing off the left, I believe. So, I think that might... um, be a concern to some managers. He's not playing uh, as a full-on striker. But um, I think with Ziyech now supplying, I think Werner's more likely to get chances um, than he was at the start of the season and probably more likely to get goals because of that. So against Newcastle, who I don't think have looked that great recently. In fact, I think they've been um, pretty awful. Except for yeah. that against Everton, that was a good result. But I think... Um, I think, I think it's a big turn off that it's the early game, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, that would be enough for me to, to maybe go against it, to be honest. Um, if I come back from an international break, I've got flags all over my team and then my captain blanks in the first game, I think I'll pack it in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so Chelsea things, Werner and Ziyech look good. Um, I think Chilwell's a pretty good shout too. No one really caps on defenders, but he looks attacking potential. He's got some. He's got some great stats, and I don't know if I can see Newcastle really troubling Chelsea since Mendy's come in and Thiago Silva. They look solid, so yeah, we expect a clean sheet there. But yeah, not uh, not really keen on captain in that early game. The funny thing about Chilwell against in their last fixture against Sheffield United, he, he looked like he could have scored at trick. He really could have rammed that. Well, yeah, the keeper made a great save from one of his shots from a corner, didn't he? So, um, definitely, he's got a lot of attacking potential. Um, I wouldn't personally captain a defender, but if you were going to, I think he's probably your best shout. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then we move on to Grealish against Brighton. Now, Grealish against Brighton is a good differential captain, you know, because the next two who we're going to talk about, so Bruno at home against West Brom, to me, probably looks the best on paper, but... His record at home is not is nowhere near the level of his away form. Um, United have had some difficult fixtures at home, to be fair to him, but still, they're not. They just don't compare. And I would be slightly worried. I am going to captain Bruno. I'm just going to say that as a disclaimer. I am going to captain him, but I do think Grealish is a fantastic alternative against Brighton. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I really like the look of Grealish. I'm. Almost tempted to captain him myself if I bring him in. Um, but I think Bruno might be the one to go for, just because I feel like it's one that you'd kick yourself if he does well. But if you do actually yeah. look at his home record this season, I mean, he's played 
what is it, four games at home and three of them have been blanks. Then the other was a six-pointer. He did play Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Tottenham, and then the Palace game. The whole team looked like they had done about one day's pre-season. So, yeah, I think there's a kind of disclaimer in there, but I do agree with you that away from he's a different beast away from home than he is at home. So there would be an element of doubt there, but West Brom are useless defending-wise, aren't they? Like, like Fulham made them look a bit... Even Fulham beat them. Yeah, I just, I'm scared from that. It might be a bit of a captain trap. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you're going off of, like, um, just looking at the fixture looking at United's best player, I mean, Fernandez looks like a great option considering other teams have got some pretty hard fixtures this week and the likes of Mo Salah out, it makes it a bit harder. Yeah, for sure. And then I think the last big alternative for me is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Just talking about those stats we talked about earlier, the fact that Fulham have conceded the most header attempts out of any other team in the league and he is just renowned for that leap, isn't he? He's scored some brilliant goals in the air this season. And obviously, he's been in incredible form for them in the league. So, I think he is a good captaincy option too. Yeah, 100%, I think. As you say, Fulham are susceptible to crosses. I think Calvert-Lewin loves a cross. So, definitely got potential getting a couple from that. Um, For me, I think I'm more tempted by Fernandes and Grealish over Calvert-Lewin. But I think Calvert-Lewin is definitely a good shout at the same time yeah yeah so if I was going to rank it I think I'd put I think Bruno just first just because of the fixture his home form suggests otherwise but just because of the fixture I'd probably say he was the best option then for me I like Calvert-Lewin against Fulham because of those aerial stats I've heard and then Grealish uh, third so any of those three options are really good options but I'm going to go Fernandez just because of the fixture yeah Right, and then last of all, our differential. Now, like again, disclaimer, we don't know if this guy's going to have COVID or injured <laughs> by the time it comes to it. But I'm actually targeting someone from that Fulham-Everton game, someone a little bit different who's been a, a bit of a beast so far in the air is uh, Michael King. So I'm going to tar- I'm going to hope that Michael King can do the business from a set piece attacking attacking wise and also the way he's defended so far at the start they looked really good obviously it's gone off a little bit so um since the injury of Richarlison but he has scored two goals already this season so two goals from eight games is pretty good return for a defender um so 5.9% owned Michael Keane's my differential this week yeah, I can definitely see why you've gone for him. I mean, I uh, wouldn't expect Fulham to be getting goals against Everton. Could happen, but I'd fancy them not to. Um, and uh, Keane, as you say, is good in the air. And the set-piece takers at Everton, just quite incredible. Digne, Rodriguez, the likes of them. So I think definitely a good option. Thank um, you. <laughs> but uh, not as good an option as Diogo Jota for Liverpool. Because... 9.4% owned. Um, it's Liverpool at home to Leicester. Definitely a hard fixture considering Leicester what top of the league at the moment. Um, reliving the 2016 days. So 
I think, uh, is Tuff Fisher. But I just think Jai has looked in such good form for Liverpool over the last month or so. And it uh, looks like he's almost got a starting place. Uh, I definitely think he'll start in this game. So, yeah, sure. Um, I think he's uh, he'll, he'll look dangerous and I'm fancying him to get a goal. Yeah, I really like that shout. I really like that shout. That's just reminded me of someone actually I'm really interested in is Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Uh, Vardy, I think they've got some really good fixtures coming up, Leicester. And he's just such a stat buster. Like everything suggests that it's not sustainable because it's mostly penalties and stuff like that. But he just always delivers, doesn't he? Yeah. And um, he's already, he's the second highest point scorer as an attacker. And after the Liverpool game, like even the Liverpool game, I really expect him to score against the Liverpool, def- whatever Liverpool defence there is. And then he's got Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, and then Brighton at home. So yeah. I fancy him to do well, Vardy. So if I want to move away from Kane, Vardy could be a good option, to be honest. So keep an eye out on Jamie Vardy, guys. If you want a little gamble then Vardy away at Liverpool could be a good one. Yeah, I think Vardy's a good option. Leicester have had so many penalties. Um, so yeah, I don't... Eight. Eight so far. One eight. per game, basically, in total. I mean, that's just incredible. Like, that's a serious amount of penalties. So um, I don't know in terms of that if it is sustainable. But as you say, so far, he's kind of just proven that that was wrong in that respect. He just keeps on getting the hauls. So... Um, the thing about Vardy is he's kind of fixture proof because he plays he probably plays his best football when he's against the top six. You almost fancy him in the games where you know the team's not going to drop deep and they're going to play um quite high up because then you know he can get on the counter. So you almost wonder if teams like um the lower ones that might sit back a bit, are a bit slightly harder fixtures for him. You wouldn't be surprised at all if he if he got two goals this week this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised. He's playing against that Nico Williams or whoever, whatever his name is. And um, I know they've done all right, but Jamie Vardy's different kettle of fish. And yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised because he, he just loves the top six. He just loves playing against the top six. So um, I think I would be quite surprised if he doesn't score against Liverpool, to be honest. I think he'll get a goal. Well, keep an eye out for that one, guys. Right. Well, thank you for joining us. Let's hope on Thursday and Friday when we start to get those press conferences news it's not too bad um, but if it is then like we said guys don't be don't feel bad about playing the free hit if you need it it's there for a reason don't go taking 25 point hits um, so yeah uh, thanks for listening guys stay safe and we'll, t- and we'll be back again next week thanks Greg yeah, thank you guys